0: About using programmatic advertising to market job openings. Stephen Rothberg, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Hey, John, it is great to be here with you today.
0: It is a pleasure to be joining you. You're joining us from New Mexico. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about programmatic advertising in a slightly different way than people might be familiar with it. Programmatic advertising to market job openings. This is super interesting to me, and I'm excited to have a chance to chat with you about it. As we get started, I wanted to share Stephen's bio with everybody. Stephen Rothberg is the founder and chief visionary officer of College Recruiter and co-host of the Job Board Geek podcast. College Recruiter believes that every student and recent graduate deserves a great career. Its customers are primarily Fortune 1000 companies, government agencies, and other employers who hire at scale, meaning dozens or even hundreds. They advertise their part-time seasonal and internship and other entry-level jobs that require zero to three years of experience with College Recruiter. So it's... It's kind of like a job search site, uh, indeed, Mm -hmm. except for the entry-level niche. College Recruiter is global and over the course of a year helps millions of people find great new careers. I think it's fantastic. It's definitely needed. And again, I think this this idea of programmatic advertising for job openings is is super interesting. So as we get started, uh, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience anything else about yourself, your background, your personal context, and then we'll just dive on into the conversation.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm um, um, the reference to New Mexico. I'm uh, basically sort of working remotely from working remotely here. Um, I live most of the year in Minneapolis, but uh, I was told that New Mexico is a, a little bit warmer in January and February um, than than Minneapolis is. So, um, so that's why we're here. Um, the just a hair geek- warmer, right? Yeah, you know, it's rather than there being like a negative in front of the number, there's a positive. Uh, That's that's pretty much the rather than minus 60, it's plus 60. But uh, the um, the job board geek podcast that that you mentioned, um, that one I was on for almost a year as a co-host with uh, Jeff Dickey Chazins, uh, a.k.a. the job board doctor. He got too busy, and so we ended that in September, but almost at exactly the same time, um, I started a a similar one with uh, Peter Zolman of AIM Group. And that's called uh, the Inside Job Boards and Recruitment Marketplaces Podcast. But uh, call it six of one and half dozen of another. Well, why don't we dive on in? And you can start by explaining programmatic advertising generally for
0: everyone. As we were talking in the pre-interview, you know, for people who do podcasting or some of these types of things, I think programmatic advertising is probably well understood because that's largely how we do it. Um, But a lot of people, probably the average person doesn't really know.
1: Yeah. At a really high level, programmatic advertising, the programmatic, the root of that is is program. And it really just means that a computer is making the decisions about where to run the ad, um, how prominently, and for how long. And the consumer marketing world, where you're marketing products, services, maybe educational opportunities, that really started to migrate from what I call traditional duration based advertising running an ad in a newspaper for you know to hit 500,000 readers you paid x dollars or ran an ad on TV for um you know these 18 shows for these two week period and the number of impressions would be y that for as long as there was advertising that's how advertising was purchased but when this site came along, and you've probably heard of it, Google, um, in, in, they launched in 98. They started to sell advertising a couple of years later. They didn't invent programmatic advertising online, but they popularized it. So rather than usually a company saying, we're going to pay X dollars to have our display ad, banner ad, call it what you may, um, seen by Y number of people over a Z period of time, you know, we want this ad to be seen by 2 million people over the next two weeks. And then we're going to pay you $10,000. Rather than buying advertising or selling advertising that way, they did it programmatically. And what that means is that the, the computer was basically saying, okay, your budget is $10,000 and you want this ad to be seen by a certain number of people or clicked on a certain number of times or lead to so many leads. And we're going to show that ad automatically where it's getting the best results. And that's the whole key to it is instead of buying advertising through kind of a beauty contest, what sites are you most familiar with? Which one has the best salesperson? Which one sends you the best tchotchkes um, at the end of the year? Instead, the the machine using rules that you provide to it decides site A is getting a much better response to your ad than site B or C. So we're going to stop running your ad on sites B and C and only spend your money, only spend your budget on site A. In In the world of employment, some employers will set up the rules based upon the number of candidates who click on the ad to go to the ATS um, or the, you know, some other page that the employer specifies, more and more are setting it up to look at the number of candidates that apply to the jobs. And and that right now is sort of the standard. If, If whichever site generates applications at the lowest cost gets the lion's share of the budget. Thank you
0: for that explanation. Hopefully that makes sense sure. to everyone. Um, it, it just This just shows the evolution of various technologies to the advertising space, right? And it only makes sense that you would want to do things in an even more targeted way where you can essentially in real time measure the impact of those advertising dollars to make sure that you're spending it in the most effective way possible. And that's essentially what's happening here, right?
1: Yeah. And it, it greatly reduces the staff time. Yeah. Because rather than having a bunch of recruiters trying to decide where to run this ad and did we get a good response to it, and that traditionally has been very much a guesswork and very much, again, what I call a beauty contest. You know, back in the days when Monster ran ads in the Super Bowl, shockingly, for the next month or so, they would get a huge increase in sales. Was it because they were any better than they were two months before? No. It's because the talent acquisition people saw the ads on the Super Bowl and thought, oh, well, that's a good place to run an ad. And it may have been a good place to run an ad, but it's not a good reason to run an ad just based upon who runs ads in the Super Bowl. At the the end of the day, you want to run your ads where you're getting the right quantity and quality of response. And set up properly, Programmatic does that automatically for you. Yeah.
0: Well, interesting. And you mentioned football. Obviously, we're in kind of the middle of the playoffs. The Super Bowl's coming. Um, I, I was watching a video though of a team that's not great, but uh it was interesting because it was all about advertising. It was about the Detroit Lions. I mm-hmm. don't know if you're familiar with this, but the T- Detroit Lions in their new stadium, and they're utilizing all sorts of technologies um to analyze the crowd and the makeup of the crowd, the composition of the crowd so they can do targeted um billboard ads and things like that in different parts of the stadium at different points in time during a game, which I thought was just like, I mean, obviously it makes sense. It's, it's similar to what we're talking about here. It's just in a sports venue. But the point is, I think everyone is eventually going this direction because it just makes more sense. It just makes more sense. um, You know, from, you know, the, the side of the Detroit lions organization, they can charge more in advertising when they can show bigger impact of those advertising dollars right and it also saves the organization buying the advertising uh, because they know you know that that what they're spending their money on will have a bigger impact so ultimately it's really a win-win for everyone it's just leveraging and utilizing technology to do it and again coming back to the workplace and coming back to recruiting and, and staffing it's the same idea, but now we're just talking about uh, open jobs, job postings, and getting them in front of the right people to see them.
1: To support what you were saying a second ago about this being, you know, the the future or it's, it's inevitable, I can't remember exactly what words you used, but, but they were perfect. It's It absolutely is. Um, in the consumer world, um, almost all online advertising is sold by Google, Facebook, you a know, couple of the other very, very large players. And almost all of that is now programmatic. It's something like 90% of consumer advertising online for, to promote the sale of products and services is done programmatically. And traditionally HR and within HR talent acquisition has lagged Um, the consumer world. Our budgets are smaller. We tend not to have the formalized training Um, it's viewed not as a profit center. I mean, you could probably go through like 20 reasons why that is, but it is. And so if you ever want to look and try to look brilliant and predict where the world of, of advertising on the employment side is, is headed. All you have to do is look over and see what Google and Facebook are doing on the consumer side.
0: Yeah, and to that point, again, for those who are in the advertising space, programmatic advertising is nothing new. It, you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's becoming more and more widely adopted. But in the HR space, I don't hear people talking about this all that much. Um, mm-hmm. And I talk to a lot of people about a lot of things, and this is one. Um, that I, I think there's definitely a lag happening. So maybe you can walk us through what this would look like and how it might differ from what people have done traditionally. So you're in an HR department, you're in a recruiting uh, talent acquisition area. You, What have you done traditionally versus what could you be doing now with this kind of programmatic advertising for job postings?
1: yeah so one of the reasons that you're probably not hearing about it is that even if you are within an organization that is buying programmatically, it's unlikely that you personally know much about it if If there's an HR department, um, it's almost all being purchased at enterprise level so you know if you're in an organization of 50 people, really unlikely that you're doing anything on the programmatic side and 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 probably there's no need to, and I'll kind of get into that. Um, later, sort of like who 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 uh is this best for, who does it really not make sense for? but within a large enterprise level organization, you know you might have a couple hundred people in h r you might have you know a couple of dozen people, a few dozen people within talent acquisition, and probably maybe one or two of those actually know what programmatic is and are involved in it, and in most cases at an enterprise level you're outsourcing the purchase of advertising to an advertising agency or maybe through an RPO. And so that knowledge is, let's call it managed, maybe on in the TA department, but the day-to-day work and how you set up the rules and um, the budgets, what rules you use. A lot of that is done by agencies, by by recruitment advertising agencies and RPOs. We do have some uh, Fortune 1000-sized companies and government agencies that are doing it in-house. It tends to be the exception rather than the rule. Um, the people who are involved in programmatic advertising overwhelmingly work for the largest organizations. And the reason for that, the reasons for that is really twofold. Number one is they have the budgets for it. If your budget for recruitment advertising is five hundred dollars a year, this is not the right tool for you. Um, continue to listen to the podcast because it's going to be awesome, but it's probably not the right tool for you. The other is is volume. High volume hiring lends itself much better to programmatic than if the role requires the the hiring of just one person. And that, that, again, comes down to basic math. Um, if you're hiring one person, the first resume that hits your desk might be perfect, and you might want to stop. But if you're hiring a 1,000 people, then you just know statistically, you probably need you know, 10,000 applications. And to get 10,000 applications, you probably have to get your ad in front of 100,000, maybe even 200,000 people. That's where programmatic really shines. How to choose what candidates to get what opportunities in front of at what time. It's too time-consuming for humans to do that. But the machine can do that quickly, efficiently, 24-7, 365. So if, if... at College Recruiter, um, if, uh, at, a, at a Zip Recruiter, at an Indeed, just about any of the, the premium job boards, if they're talking to an employer or an advertising agency or an RPO, usually the, the, it boils down to a couple of questions. How many people are you looking to hire and over what period of time? If an employer tells us we're looking to hire 20 people, over the next 20 years, they're not a good candidate for programmatic. If it's 20 people over the next month, they're a very good candidate for programmatic. And then we usually will just kind of like back out the math um, more on our end than in running that by the employer, because most of the employers don't really know their metrics. They don't know how many candidates need to see a job posting ad on a job board, to go to the ATS to apply to get interviewed to get hired. If they do know those metrics, fantastic. But the reality is most don't, even at an enterprise level. So we do some estimation. We just kind of say, okay, you're this kind of organization in our experience, this is this is how the math works. You need to hire 20 people over the next month, your budget should be x and this is how and this is how we recommend setting it up regardless of how we set up the campaign to begin with, um, we, and I think it's pretty common in the industry, we always look at those first couple of weeks as like a pilot. Let's get started. Let's keep the risk relatively low. Let's not blow through your budget in the first three days. And let's see how the results look and make some adjustments. There are almost always adjustments. It's shocking how different a customer service role with the same employer will behave very differently than even a sales role, let alone an engineering role. So just to say what industry we're in or what the kind of role is, is really different. It's, it, it, um, it varies. I think you said that you're a little bit South of Salt Lake City. So Salt Lake City and where I'm from, Minneapolis, they're comparable in size. The climate is comparable. But I'll tell you that an ad in Salt Lake City in the second week in January is going to perform differently than an ad in the second week in January in Minneapolis, simply because you had a snowstorm and we didn't. Things like that um, will just impact the results.
0: Well, and that, that seems obvious, you know, as you're saying that, and yet that hasn't been the, the approach we've taken for a very, very long time. And in part, yeah. you know, it's due to like, we've talked about technologies have, have created an environment now where it's easier to do, but it it certainly makes sense that if we can do it and if it makes sense, uh, if the utility of it, because the numbers are right, uh, if it makes mm-hmm. sense, then, then absolutely move forward. Um, and I love that, uh, you you focused on, you you didn't say it this way exactly, but as as you were talking just now, I was thinking about iteration and trial and error. And essentially you're hypothesizing what's going to work, recognizing that every context, every situation is a little different, and then you fine tune it and adjust it. So it it works just as perfectly as possible. um, And you're refining it over time. And that, that seems like it should be a no-brainer, yet I know organizations that have used the exact same method, the, the exact same approach, the exact same parameters for their advertising for re- recruitment and uh, and uh, talent acquisition for years, and, you know, every once in a while they might revisit it, but mostly it's the same that they've been doing for the last 10 years, and it just makes sense that that's not going to work as well as a really Honed, fine-tuned approach that you can and you can test it. Like you literally have the metrics to test it on an ongoing basis. So why wouldn't we do that?
1: Yeah. Uh, I I can't agree with you more. And and something just to add to what you're saying, too, is that you have to be, you have to, I was gonna say you have to be prepared for, but I actually think it's more like you have to expect that it's going to change over time. So we have customers that might advertise a particular role with us, a high volume role, they're always hiring for it. And they'll advertise that with us for 11 months, and then they'll stop for a month. The reason they stop for a month isn't that they're no longer hiring. They just know that, say, from the middle of December until the middle of January, the candidates for that particular role are checked out. They're just not going to respond. So to spend money on that advertising is just flushing it down the toilet. Um, you know, I can't remember if it was Mark Twain or somebody else, but somebody said years and years and years ago, before my time, which is a long time ago, um, that I know I know that half of my advertising is working. I just don't know which half. With programmatic, whether you work directly with a job board or whether you go through one of the um, vendors that specialize in that. Um, you there's no longer the i don't know which half you can actually identify it in real time and then the machine stops spending your money on the sites that don't work well and and that's that's beautiful for everybody up and down the food chain Uh, candidates don't want to see job ads that aren't of interest to them if a job ad is not of interest to a candidate they're not going to apply And if the candidates aren't applying, they're not of interest to the employer. So why spend money? From the job board's perspective, some employers will be like, oh, well, the job board still wants us to run those ads. It's like, not really, because at the end of the day, it's about the return on investment. And if we can deliver a better return on investment to our customer than our competitors, we're going to get more budget over the long-term. And that's not just a job board thing. That's in any industry. That's business 101.
0: Yeah, excellent. And you've already referred to, the, you know, not only are there going to be differences in different contexts, different industries, different job types, maybe you could talk a little bit more uh, specifically about certain types of job roles that might be better mm. suited for programmatic or performance-based advertising.
1: Yeah, I, it boils down to... It, it it probably it probably only took us five or six years to to figure this out. <laughs> and so I'm being kind of facetious here. what um, we we have gone through iteration after iteration of trying to come up with a framework to answer that question because we get asked that on a daily basis by our by customers is is my company a good candidate for this product? And we sell advertising, job posting ads, et cetera, on a traditional duration basis, you know, X dollars for Y months or whatever. But like most of the major job boards, we also do programmatic, pay-per-click, et cetera. And those are different things. We can talk about that later if you want. The What we've found is that it really simply boils down to how many people are you looking to hire in over what period of time? Um, College recruiter is probably somewhat different than say a zip recruiter or an indeed or talroo or talent.com or one of the other major players. But for us, if we see that an employer is looking to hire at least 10 people, preferably at least 20 people, into a particular role in a month. Then it's like bingo, and you know the big lights come on, and the glitter ball is going, and confetti is dropping because they're a great candidate. We have not found much correlation at all, um, occupational um, in terms of occupational field. Um, we have found it in terms of geography, and what I mean by that, and I know you've got loads of listeners overseas. There's a really big difference between the job board industry in the U.S. And the job board industry in most other countries in the world, most countries only have two or three dominant job boards and programmatic does not work well in, in those countries. It needs to be more highly fragmented. The job boards need to be competing more against each other for employer dollars and for traffic in the U S it's the most highly fragmented market in the world. So programmatic works better here than it does in most other areas. It is growing rapidly in the UK, the EU, Canada, et cetera. But you go to countries like uh, Poland, Romania, very dominated by two or three job boards. It's not, it hasn't gotten traction there yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Super interesting. Well, Stephen, I note the time. I think there's way more we can talk about here, but I also Hmm. know I need to let you go in a few minutes. Um, So. I think we're going to have to put a pin in it for today and maybe continue the conversation another time. But before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Sure. Yeah, no sweat. So um, your listeners, feel free to reach out to me directly. Um, I know that most of your guests don't do this, but I've always found it to be a a, a good thing on both ends, both for the guests and, and for me, shoot me an email if you want. Um, my direct email address is Steven S T E V E N at college recruiter.com. Um, if you prefer LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash I N slash Steven Rothberg. Uh, and if you're just looking for information about college recruiter, uh, we're at collegerecruiter.com. um, Last closing thought, and maybe this is a topic for another day, another time, and, and that is programmatic is not the same as cost per click or pay per click or some other performance based marketing. Programmatic is how the jobs get from the employer to the job board and the how you pay for that. That might be duration based. That might be pay per click. That might be pay per application. But again, a little bit of a teaser
0: very good very good Stephen. it has just been a pleasure i encourage the audience to reach out get connected find out more about what steven can do for you and as always i hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day and i hope you all have a great week do you enjoy the human capital innovations podcast enjoy ad-free listening by going to the patreon page and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level